0: Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis.
1: Welcome back to The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazy. Teams all over the world are now adjusting their huddles and work systems to meet their needs in a virtual environment. Jen Christensen, Senior Director of Improvement Strategy at Seattle Children's, and her team have been experimenting with ways they can stay connected as a team and move the work forward in a virtual en- environment. Thank you for joining us, Jen.
0: <laughs> Hi, Peter. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Very excited to hear from you. Um, please start. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and Seattle Children's.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I will be celebrating my Seattle Children's 10-year anniversary this August, actually. So time has flown, 10 years. Wow. Uh, previously, I worked for the Boeing Company as a lean practitioner and an employee engagement specialist. And since being at Seattle Children's, I've always worked in our continuous improvement department. First, I was a senior consultant, and I worked my way up to being our senior director of improvement strategy. Uh, and let's see, Seattle Children saved my life when I was a baby. So I'm, I'm from Seattle. Uh, Seattle Children's super important to my family, so very excited to do the work I do. I enjoy reading, writing, long walks outside, baking cakes, and I dabble in amateur stand-up comedy.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. So you are the perfect guest. So hopefully we won't go off on too many tangents, but we'll have, <laughs> some, have some fun here. So let's, let's get a little background. How, how did you, your team, stay connected prior to COVID-19?
0: Yeah, so we have several teams under our continuous improvement and innovation family of products. So we have CI consulting, project management, simulation, innovation engineering, and probably a couple others that I'm forgetting, a business operations team, kind of education. Um, So prior to COVID, from a standard perspective, we all huddled in our respective teams at least weekly. Um, Some teams would huddle more often based on the flow of their work. Those were in-person huddles around whiteboards where folks would, you know, talk about their metrics, their demand and capacity, their ideas for improvement, classic lean visibility boards. Um, In addition, we had lots of informal check-ins, you know, kind of drive-bys. Um, you know, we sat in a cube farm, um, and we're kind of a rambunctious group. So a lot of high fives and saying hi to each other and lunch dates. Um, we also had a quarterly staff meeting for the entire, uh, broader department, not just the CI team. And we'd usually have a happy hour afterwards. Um, so in general, we were a pretty rowdy group and pretty close knit, prior to all this. So in addition to just those standard huddle routines, we had just a lot of fun and connected a lot, actually.
1: Wow. I mean, it sounds like you, you had those multiple levels of connection on a personal interaction basis, but also the professional regimented frequent check-ins.
0: Yes, absolutely. And in addition to huddles from a regimented standpoint, we also would have our monthly staff meetings and our, you know, leadership huddles and a pretty decent slew of of formal routines.
1: So how has the fact that your team is mostly virtual now impacted those connection opportunities? Because obviously it's got to change somehow.
0: Yes, Uh the last few months have been hard, and we have adapted and we have had multiple iterations um, it, and it 's really shifted over the past four months. At first, I think we were all devastated, and we were just trying to wait it out. Um, Seattle was one of the first you know kind of hot spots and, and epicenters and we thought we were only gonna be at home for a few weeks. I mean, our team being non-clinical, we were sent to work from home pretty much right away. As soon as there started being kind of sniffing around of, of something going on, it was okay, Seattle Children's defaulted to send people home who can work from home. I and mean, it was really stressful at first. So the organization needed us all to jump in in different ways, tons of emails flying around, frantic phone calls. And it was hard because we couldn't just pop over to each other's desks. You know, or like we couldn't just, like we're trying to solve some big problems or figure out how to redeploy our resources. And usually I would grab a buddy and we'd go into a drop-in space and we'd, you know, mock something up or we'd just quickly pull in other people. And we couldn't really do that. And on top of all of that, we're adjusting to having kiddos at home or pets poking their face around and, you know, inadequate home offices. Um, So it was weird. Um, I think at first the managers, it was easy to establish our formal routines as virtual huddles. And I think we all quickly did that. We just tried to replicate what used to work in a virtual way. Um, and we've had to evolve because some, some gaps emerged. You know, not everything worked the same way anymore, if that makes sense.
1: So I understand that, that your team has experimented with different huddle formats, tried different things. Can you tell us more about the different formats you've tried?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think our different teams have tried lots of different things. So like I said, at first, folks just kind of replicated what they had um, and just made it virtual, either by literally trying to replicate a whiteboard in Microsoft Teams, like how do we mimic the exact same thing that we had in a virtual setting? And that's worked really well for some of our teams. And other teams found that just based on how the work was changing, how their demand was changing, the different kinds of work they were being pulled into, they needed to just completely adapt. So we've had some teams now go from a weekly huddle to a daily huddle. Um, we've gone from maybe looking at our metrics more comprehensively on a weekly basis to just paying more attention more frequently to simple tracking spreadsheets. Um, let's see, we've toyed with requiring video to kind of keep up morale and keep the team camaraderie in place. And we've experimented with not having it required because some days you just kind of want to look a mess and you don't want to worry <laughs> about it, um, kind of let it all hang out. So we've just kind of gone back and forth with that. Um, I think the biggest the, the biggest thing that's changed Is just having to adapt the frequency of of the huddles and the agenda topics. So for our leadership team, a cross-functional leadership team, um, we've actually ended up spending a lot more time on emotional well-being during our huddles. Uh. So I think one of the benefits of the virtual huddle is – you can have people spend more time in advance kind of updating their section, you know, of, of the template or the spreadsheet or whatever it is you're looking at in Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever you're you're using. Um, so I I've found that people tend to get into a lot more detail and everyone kind of reads it in advance or everyone can see it on the screen, but then people still want to talk. And so that's been an interesting... I guess a a surprise, I don't know why I'm surprised, so we can see what everyone's written, and it's all the same kind of stuff we would usually report out on, but people still want to read what they've written, and and people want to talk about how they're doing, if that makes sense. Um,
1: It sounds like that that personal connection, that opportunity to have that that dialogue kind of helps replace some of those informal ad hoc gatherings you did face-to-face.
0: Exactly, and I think I couldn't have anticipated how important that would be, Um, and people listening might laugh. Anyone who knows me knows what an extrovert I am, and that I'm one of the folks who's been kind of suffering the most from not having those informal team um, atmosphere, Um, and yeah, it's just been really surprising, and I think we've had to lean on each other as a team because everyone has different needs. Some folks, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, some people want to use huddle time to get down to business and then get on with their day. And so having to adapt and support each other and create connection points that feel as supportive as possible to everyone and also acknowledge that we have different needs during this really hectic time.
1: You know, it, it sounds like you have some adaptability in there and some personalization that people can and areas can make it did you establish criteria and process to determine whether a particular format or structure was working, and if it was, share it with others? What did you did you kind of put that together to say, hey, what what really is, and what's our criteria?
0: Yes and no. Um, at first, so as I mentioned, some of our teams the demand completely shifted. And one of our leaders, one of my peers got completely pulled into supporting the emergency operations center. So I had to take over additional teams. So at first, selfishly, the criteria for the huddles was, is Jen getting what she needs to not go completely insane and to make sure that the rest of the team has what they need? So I think the criteria I kind of put it together after the fact, like we experimented, we just put things in place like, okay, I know we need to have a daily check-in. Okay. Here are the things I need to know to make sure that I'm able to keep the work moving forward and that we're making sure we're not getting duplicate requests and that everyone, we're trying to balance each other's capacity. Um, and we'd let it ride for a couple weeks And then we deliberately pause and I would either send out an email kind of polling people what's working, what's not working, are you getting the information you need, I'm getting the information I need, and how does it feel? So I've also just asked, does this feel right or not? Um, So yeah, I guess the criteria was as simple as, are we getting what we need, what gaps are emerging, and do you feel supported?
1: Well, it's great that you were, you know, initially, you know, you're scrambling and you're, you know, going Mm -hmm. fast. When this first struck, uh, I think every organization was, but as time went by, you you did a PDSA, right? And you did it Mm -hmm. on a frequent basis to say, are we still meeting the needs? Because the needs might've changed from a few weeks ago or a month ago or now three months ago. And and it's great that you're able to do that and, and you learned a lot.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I think the needs definitely changed. Yeah, the first month, like you said, I think for all of us, was hectic and stressful and just not business as usual. And while business is not usual, we've now more settled in, honestly, back to our more typical routines. They're just now all virtual. But I would say, in addition, the connection points we've created, the kind of the equivalent of the go giving your teammate a high five, um, we use Microsoft Teams a lot more. We have like just a little separate chat, you know, where we just, we just chat and you can go there to ask questions. You can go there to be silly. You can go there to vent about the terrible day you're having. Um, and then we have a whole separate chat that someone set up just for cute animal pictures. right? <laughs> like just, if you just need a break, go to animal chat and Nothing stressful is there. it's just cute animals uh, so yeah. those things are are evolving, and I think you know helping us through
1: well, I know the phrase a new normal has come out a lot i I prefer the phrase a new stable you know, mm-hmm. and things that people can rely on and it sounds like that adaption is is happening pretty quickly and pretty easily for you guys because you've got those great connections at the same time. what are some of the Biggest challenges you had transitioning to the team huddles on a virtual basis, including the fact that you're an extrovert.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Thankfully, we're all fairly tech savvy, so there weren't problems on that end for our team, but I know for other teams, (laughs) that was a different situation, but not really for us. Um, Building the routine or just the reminder to update a spreadsheet that's not in front of us every day, that took that took some practice when you'd have your whiteboard in person and everyone huddles around it and updates, you know, it was easy to, you always remembered what to do. So getting people used to, okay, you need to update the spreadsheet. Yes. Maybe it feels duplicative. We've got to do it. Here's a reminder. <laughs> i getting that in order. Um, being tired, honestly, like being tired of video calls has been a huge barrier. Um, people are just, you just get kind of sick of it. You get sick of being, you're, you have to be on in a different way. It's, it's just fascinating. Um, and technical difficulties. I mean, our, our organization has been great about beefing up our work from home resources and connectivity. And, you know, sometimes your home Wi-Fi goes out and it's just like the last straw. <laughs> or, you, know, you just have these weird, you know, background noises or, you know, all that. So that part has been hard. Um, And like I mentioned before, I think just people having different needs. So as a leader, I want the team to feel supported. I want to make sure everyone has what they need. And my style as a leader is to really personalize as much as I can. And so knowing that these are, you know, quote, unprecedented times, it's true. And it does really bring out different needs in folks. And so that's been the hard part for me as a leader is wanting to make sure I'm creating an environment that feels safe and supportive for everyone and knowing that, man, we all just have different needs right now because some people are having to homeschool. Some people, you know, we all just have different things going on. So I think that's been the hardest part.
1: Well, and I get the impression, you know, and and having um, dealt with you for a couple of years now is you're a positive person. And, yes. and you look for those things to help people. Are there any other positives you'd want to share with our listeners that you can tack onto and say, you know, these are some things that are really kind of cool that came out of this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely have a better sense of what's going on, honestly, like because we now view words in writing that are more detailed than what we would put on our in-person visibility systems. Like I don't know, it's like I can really see inside people's thinking a bit more based on how they answer our standard questions, what level of detail they go into. Um, And those details have helped me identify gaps in our processes um, and have helped me identify strengths and weaknesses in our teams. So I also have a better sense of where we have more opportunities to collaborate or where we have opportunities to mentor one another. Again, just by having to go virtual it's now easier for me to kind of click and dig into more behind the scenes data that I didn't have a routine for previously. So that has definitely been a positive. Um, and oh, the other surprise is now that we've adapted our virtual routines, some of our other meetings have just been eliminated or reduced. Like our one-on-ones are shorter. Like somehow, even though I don't see people in person, we're connecting so often and so thoroughly that we can just spend one-on-one time, really on professional development or just catch up. Like I don't know. It's just It's just been interesting um, how we've been able to do that.
1: That's a that's an interesting unintended consequence mm-hmm. and benefit for for the process. So obviously, we're all hoping that. That we're going to get back to some form of face-to-face interaction, especially extroverts like you and I. Yes. You know, how do you think these virtual huddles will continue into the future? Um, the technology seems to be getting um, comfortable for everybody. And and what do you think? What do you think the future looks like? Eighteen months, twenty-four months, five years from now.
0: I'm glad you asked. I was talking about this with one of my team members today who helps oversee and lead our uh, daily management system efforts and the tools and resources that we create for the organization. And we're saying, man, what's going to be next? And are people going to continue using these virtual huddles over their whiteboards? And I think virtual huddles are here to stay. Honestly, I would not be surprised if once people go back to work, there's more of a request for screens versus whiteboards um, for better or for worse. And I think there's pros and cons to it, but I think one of the benefits is what I mentioned about having easier access to data. A lot of our clients that we've been working with, our team members at Seattle Children's who we've been helping with their visibility systems. Now that they've switched to virtual like issue tracking, for example, you can uh, track an issue in Microsoft Teams and then it automatically sends an email to the person you've assigned it to. You know, so there's some benefits that I think will carry forward that makes visibility easier. Or within some of our ambulatory clinics, they've started standardizing their huddles differently because now they're all using Microsoft Teams and they can look at each other's issue trackers. Well, man, the next step is turning those into Pareto charts, and now we've got a whole different level of problem-solving that we didn't have before. So I think the future is how to how to leverage the technology tools to make huddles drive action even faster. So I'm excited for that part. But I do think virtual huddles are here to stay, and I think those of us who maybe historically have been pretty hardcore pro whiteboard, Um, (laughs) you know, are are getting, starting to adapt uh, a little bit.
1: Well, I think, I think you're right. I think that the applications and the software is out there now where virtual whiteboards are more and more available with virtual post-it notes and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, um, it's interesting and the, and the, it seems to be many people have told me easier to schedule a virtual meeting with multiple people than a face-to-face one. Yes. And, and so that's another, I think, unintended benefit that we're seeing. So, wow. Um, yeah. It, Jen, are there any other thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Anything we didn't talk about regarding virtual huddles that, you know, kind of a aha or a takeaway?
0: No, I don't think I have any clever closing comments. Um, let's see. Uh, did you hear the one about the pediatrician who was afraid of his patients?
1: No, I did not.
0: I haven't either. I just made that up. I will get back <gasps> to you with a punchline. <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to say, you know, well, perhaps the next time we are able to get together face-to-face, you know, at our summit, we can have you do a little, you know, do a piece, you know, during one of the social events and you could do your stand-up.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Outstanding. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time with us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Peter.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome. And thank you all for listening. Visit createvalue.org to find resources that can help you lead in the constantly changing healthcare environment. All of us at Catalysis hope you stay healthy, and we want to thank all the healthcare providers helping all of us. Stay tuned for more episodes designed to help healthcare leaders navigate through the rapidly changing world that COVID-19 has presented.
0: Thank you for listening. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.